That's my alien music, you know, the rap music, random alien people. SoMateShows.com, it's TV Talk, the Colony Edition, our Colony Reaction Show. I'm Jay, guy that's always here. Let me do a roll call so you see here with me so far. Mike, you there? Say hello. I'm here, brother. What's going on? Tracy. I'm here. Pete. What's going on, everybody? Pete from the street. Uh, Dailies. Hey, guys. That's one. Where's the other? Large in charge. <laughs> oh, th- there he is. There he is. There he is. That's what she said. We're missing the one that's in Twitter jail, though. Wendy. Oh, well, yeah. Say hello, Wendy. Oh, she can't say hello because she's not here. She's in Twitter jail. I guess she's in lockup. I guess that's what happens. I don't know. Well, maybe she'll join us at, at one point or one not. One too many tweets about how she loves Broussard. I know, right? God, it's the... Uh, bleh. Nobody likes Broussard. Nobody. Nobody. Excuse yourself. Oh, man. Team yeah. Broussard. Team Broussard. All right, well, another good episode of Colony. Episode 2, Season 3. Uh, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Also going to have uh, Hannah Levine uh, join us. Uh, she plays the poor mom that decided to trust Broussard because who in their right mind would do that? Wah, wah, wah. Right. Oh, wait. I think I think Wendy made it. Hello, Wendy. Yes, 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 yes. What's up, What's up Wendy? What's, Wendy? Up, Wendy? My man is, What's up, Wendy? My man's back. What's up, Wendy? My man's back. <laughs> What's up, Wendy? Oh, dear Lord. She walked right out hang up on her already. I know, right? God. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get this party started. And I want to hear two words from each of you to describe this episode. I don't want you to explain those two words. I don't want you to make it four words by hyphenating stuff. I don't want you to cheat. <laughs> two words. Just two words to describe the episode. Okay. Um, like I'm gonna go first. Proxy, awesome. You see that? <laughs> Two words. Okay, <laughs> really, really easy. All right. Can you guys follow instructions and do that? I'm no. Like you. mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna have to figure it out. Wendy, you're up. Give me two words to describe the episode. Broussard's back. <laughs> Puke. <laughs> Hope reigns. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Not my turn. Go ahead. <laughs> you already had a turn. What do you mean? It's not your turn. God, I swear. It only never, takes never, the next person that. to break the damn rules. All right, Tracy, <laughs> you're up. Revealing. Ominous. <clears throat> Thank you for following instructions. I like that. I like that. And they were good choices, too. Mike. Plot thickens. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, look at that. All right. Oh, Big boy. C, Caroline. Mom conundrum. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Paul. You both turned French. I love it. <laughs> like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, 
Scott. This is why I can't put you all in the same room. Paul, what you got? Train ride. Nice. That's simple to the point. Yeah, I like it. And uh, last but not least, Pete from the street. Moving forward. Oh. Oh. I really think they're going to break the rule. They were speaking (laughs) French. They were speaking French at the beginning of the episode, so it's just kind of, you know, on the brain. No, there's there's no French because I can't I can't do a lick of French. I know we. That's it. We. (laughs) It's not very exciting. Okay. We. Oh man. So. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess I know that too. I guess I know that too. But that's not colony related. So we'll we'll save that for another TV talk. (laughs) Right. Um, good choices for the two words. Good to- choices for the two words. Uh, just grab a couple of you to expound on them just a little bit. Um, let me go with Pete first. Tell me more about your your choice for two words. Um, I feel like the the a lot of the questions we had were answered and new ones were opened, and I feel like they keep doing that where it's. It's just going to move forward now. We're, we're moving, you know, they took a train ride that, you know, took God knows how long, and now they're in a whole different area, so there's more stuff to learn. We're moving forward with the story. Everything's moving forward. That's, that's it. We're progressing. Now, is it, is it just me, or does anyone else here? I, I don't know. I've never had a gauntlet. I've never been, <laughs> like, on the run like this. But I feel like if somebody said, hey, get on that train, but I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to do that. Are you guys going to do that? I might try, nope. but I don't think I could get on the train. I'm not very um, <laughs> athletic. <laughs> so it, it might not be because I didn't want to. <laughs> um, no, it would. It is uh, it's a little fishy. It felt fishy, yeah. We kind yeah, of pride I, ourselves on, on trying not to be boxcar willies at any point in our lives. <laughs> That's like a really like a concerted effort. So I'm going to say that we would have a hard time, like, throwing our bindle on the moving train. She's always had a strict no hobo uh, I policy. It's, it's a <laughs> I just don't want that for my people. Well, I feel cool. like that's a good policy. I think that's probably a, a good policy. Uh, in fact, I might, I might adopt that now. Thank you. Thank you. For that. No hobo yeah. policy. Uh, you you want to my... be more kind and say no boxcar willy. That's what we said. If they were smart, they would have put Snyder up first, and then just then not nobody else get on. That's right. Send him well, off on the did, train. Did you really yeah. just say that? Did you really I just did. say that? Of course I did. I said what everybody's thinking. Well, thank you for joining the show, Tracy. Have a good night. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> you are muted. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Um. So, something else. Um about the train and I, I tweeted out about it when it happened too. Do you notice Will just shows the gauntlet to everybody? They're like, let me <laughs> yeah, see. It. Yes. And he's yes. like, okay, here you go. I don't remember Will being so so I don't know, easy Fourth to control. Right. Trust yeah. yeah. Right. He's uh-huh. uh, looking at Katie to tell him whether or not he can eat his vegetables and tie his shoes. Right. <laughs> right? 
every time you look at, they're always he always looks at her. Is it okay? Like whatever happens, what do you think? Is it okay? Well, he was pretty assertive in this episode. So, I mean, like the part where, you know, they were going to go meet the girl on the bridge and she's like, I need to go because they're going to ask questions you don't know the answers to. I mean, that's that's an assertive move there. Even if it was bullshit. (laughs) Put him in his place. (laughs) How come Paul Paul gets the curse without anyone going? (laughs) But Will was giving giving Bram a hard time about, you know, maybe they shouldn't trust this. You know, this is just could be a setup and everything, but then at the same time, like Jay said, he just opened up the case to show the gauntlet, you know, with no hesitation. So it's kind of um, oh, contradicts. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. okay. I think I think there's a ton of hesitation on his part. I think okay. he's just thrown, I think he's like Alan. I think he's thrown in with these resistance folks and he's just like, alright, this is your show. This is what you did. Mm, these okay. are your people. Okay, you know, I think he's just biding his time. You know, okay. I, I think I I don't think he's cool with anything that's going on here. I I think if he rolls his eyes anymore, they're gonna get stuck that way. Uh, you know, but he's he's letting Katie drive the show because these are you know quote unquote her people, and I think I think he's just resigned to that fact. This is the best of the bad options, I think, from his standpoint, and I think from Snyder's standpoint. You know, the, the way Snyder describes to uh, Gracie, you know, about people not being happy with what uh, he and her dad did, I think that's a thousand percent correct. These are the, you know, the outsiders looking in, uh, you know, among case people. I think I think he's not happy with it. I think he's just going mm-hmm. along with it because he, he's got no street cred. With, these are not his people. These are her people. So mm. I think that, I don't know, Snyder is like, Something smells here. Nope, let's not go here. Let's just leave the. I, I, you know, I like to pick on Snyder, but he's trying to get them to just dump the, the gauntlet. Like I could totally see Snyder pushing that little button, leaving it on the train with the gauntlet, and going, because he wants to go and be safe. And then you got stupid Katie, who's like, Oh, we have to save the world. It's not. That's a hashtag. I'm sorry. What? (laughs) Hashtag stupid Katie. Hashtag yeah. stupid Katie is a definite trend next week. Yeah, I'm that, just that saying, happen yeah. Have you have you always but, been hashtag stupid Katie? I have. <laughs> I have a tattoo stupid Katie, stupid stupid Katie. Yeah. I thought I was the only one with my tattoo of it. I'm so happy to nope. hear this. I think I, I mean, I've only been that way since the first episode of the first season. I wouldn't say I really go back before <laughs> the show began, but pretty much since the show began, I've been hashtag stupid Kate. I, I just, ugh. Hashtag make good choices. Yeah. Well, hold on. Let's, 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 let's switch gears sort of a little bit and talk about stupid Katie's boyfriend, because I know there are a number of you that are excited to see her boyfriend arrive on screen <laughs> since we didn't see him last week. Uh, Broussard is back, which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I barely remembered his name, but you know, it slowly came back to me. Uh, what are your thoughts on Broussard? Give me some quick thoughts on Broussard. Uh, Wendy, I'll let you go first since that's, uh, your boyfriend too. He is, (laughs) he is, um, he's just brilliant. I mean, look at what he's doing. And uh, he is, look at him, he's, he's sitting there, he's having all this patience to try to piece together what the hell was happening. 
you know, and he's every day he's checking in to see if there's somebody that he can help. And then he finds somebody he can help, and he tries his best to help them. I'm so I love excited the, to see him because it means now the real hero is back and hope has oh become, God. you know, again. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it is. He is the hero of the whole freaking show, and he's back. Are you watching the same show that I am? Are you watching the uh-huh. same show that I am? That yeah. totally right. worked out for for Claire and her son tonight. Claire and Owen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not him. That was not him. Those were the idiots on the other side. He did his job, kept them safe, and sent them off to the next person on the train that was supposed to take them safely someplace else. They screwed up. Not my man, Eric. You're blinded by those push-ups, Wendy. Uh, Pete, your team (laughs) Broussard. By a lot of things. (laughs) Let me tell you, he's not even my boyfriend. I just think. I love him as a person, like who he is, like what he represents, because he's really, truly ultra. Um, he has such a purity of what he's fighting for, and I, I know that sounds kind of silly, but he does. You think about what he's doing. He's not. He's not fighting for. Katie's fighting. She wants to say it's for her kids, but it's for herself. She wants to say, "I'm fighting for this cause." He's not fighting for the cause. He's fighting for humanity. There's a whole big difference. I hope for... Uh, God, I love oh, that man. I, God. Well, you know, uh, I just don't even know what to say to your nonsense since Broussard is the evil one who seems to get everyone killed. Um, and speaking of everyone no. killed, we are going to talk to Claire, Hannah Levine, um, who is alive in real life. Um, but it sounds like Thank she God. did not make it uh, here uh, past the tunnels. But let me bring her online. Hannah, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. Hi, Hannah. Hey. Hello. Welcome. It, it's going Hi, better I, for I, us. I knew I- Go ahead. <laughs> right, exactly. No, I was just going to say I knew I was talking to Jay and Tracy, but it sounds like there's more people on the line as well. Yeah, there's there's a whole totally. lot of comedy totally people on here. You have uh, <laughs> oh, me, awesome. who's Jay. Uh, you have Tracy, who's out there somewhere. Uh, Wendy and and Pete, who are all Team Broussard, even though he yep, killed yep. you. What's up? Um, <laughs> and, and then we have our other podcast partner, Daily Review, who is Paul and Caroline on the line. But oh, we promise. Amazing. So everyone's on the line. Yeah. And Everyone. you're on the line too, which you're the important one. We're just the knuckleheads talking about the show. <laughs> right. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for watching, and thank you for having me. Oh, we're, we're very excited, excited to have you. Um, and we promise to be good to you. Just a few questions about Colony. We're going to talk about a few other things that you're into. Uh, I'll let Tracy get us started, though. Well, welcome, Hannah. We're excited to have you on here, and we were really excited to see you as part of the Colony cast. So can you tell us anything about how you acquired the role? Well, like most actors, I auditioned for the show. <laughs> it was my first audition for Colony, and I it was a session with the director, producer of the show. So I okay. walked into the audition, and I was actually reading for a different role in it. And when I walked into the room, I actually knew the director-producer, Tim Southern. He cast oh. me in Bates Motel. So okay. 
yeah, so that was I was I that was a real surprise maybe for him too. I don't know. It was a surprise for me. And <laughs> so we we worked on that initial audition and then I left the room and then the casting director came out and she said, "Hey, look, there's this other role in the episode called Claire." which is the role I ended up getting. And she said, she told me a little bit about the part and she said, do you want to, do you want to read for that now while the director's here? Or do you want to come back tomorrow when, um, you know, he won't be here then, but you'll get a bit more time with the material. And I was like, you know what, I'll just take 20 minutes and uh, learn the, try to learn as best I can. And then I, that's what I did. And I just went in and then somehow I got the role, which was awesome. So well done. Well done. Thank you. It was (laughs) coincidental, but it, yeah, it was awesome to get to work with Tim again. And then obviously Colony's a great show. So I was pretty happy. Great. Awesome. Love it. Wendy, what you got? (laughs) So Claire, I have, um, an interesting question for you. A lot of us are on Team Broussard. Mm-hmm. He is uh, the favorite of, of, of quite a few of us. And what I would like to know is, what is it like filming with Tori Kittle? Uh, I mean, I had a great time with Tori. I will say the first day, and I, I don't know if he's listening, <laughs> Tori, <laughs> but I'd be the first to tell him to his face, and I think I have. I was a little intimidated by him on my first day. I, uh, you know, Broussard is a solitary character, and this was Tori's first episode back on the show, and I think it may have even been his first day back on the series when we met, and uh, yeah, it was a little bit like I, I, I didn't quite know how to read him, and I, I sort of thought, oh man, I, he, I feel like he's, he's not that like he doesn't really want me in his space. He's kind of a bit like keeps to himself as the character does, you know. And uh, uh-huh. I, I was definitely a little bit intimidated, but then by the end of the week, we were having a blast and hanging out all, you know, on the lunch breaks and just, like, we got on super well, and I have mad respect for him. He's awesome, and uh, he does such a great job and a very creative person in general. And, I, you know, it can't be easy playing a character that is so solitary all the time when you're surrounded by crew and people that just want to chat to you, like me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, this is Caroline uh, for Daily Review. We've been chatting on Twitter. And Paul and I, we often bring a parental eye on the shows we watch, especially our survival shows like Colony, What Would We Do? So since you were playing a mom in real life, what do you think you would do? Would you be leaning more towards resisting or collaborating? Which would protect your son better? You know, I think my instinct is resisting. But I don't have any children, and I, it might be very different if I did. I mean, it was certainly really awesome to step into those shoes and have to consider those things. And I know when when we shot the first, uh, the moment where I first appear with Broussard and, and my, my kid played by Liam Hughes, when he runs over to me, I kind of grab him and pull him towards me. And I remember someone in the crew said, that was such an interesting reaction watching you grab your child like that. Like it was so unmaternal, like not what we think as being good parenting, which is gentle and, and would be like, you know, you wouldn't be grabbing your kid or pushing your kid around or anything, but it was that kind of like primal survivor instinct of get away from my child, get and just get my child straight to me kind of thing. And I really love getting to, dabble in that uh on this show 
because I think it is such a huge question. What would you do if your child was threatened in a world like that? What would you do to protect your child? And I think Claire made the best decision that she could. I mean, I think she had her husband with her, which is why I think they were resisting as well, because she had a partner with her that agreed with her, and then all of a sudden he was gone, and then she was all by herself. So I think she did the best she could. We can tell you as parents, we would be snatching those children just like you did. So you yep. played it absolutely <laughs> natural, for sure. For sure. Well, Paul, yeah, I mean, yep. for you. That was perfect. Hi, Hannah. It's Paul with Daily Review. Um, let's switch gears for just a moment. You're currently on another show on Freeform called Siren. Can we talk about that yes. for a minute? Oh, absolutely. Very All different right. character. <laughs> I'm actually on it tomorrow night. Uh, have like dual personality this week. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know, this show is about mermaids, right? That's right. Yeah. So, uh, Siren is—it's a show on Freeform. It's set in a seaside town, in the Pacific Northwest, where there's a history of mermaids being in the community or having come to shore. But it's all an urban legend until the show begins, when a mermaid does actually come to shore. And we start to realize that maybe there is a real history to this town and what are these mermaids and what do they want? And it just brings up all, all sorts of problems. So this isn't like Splash where everybody's like, you know, happy to see mermaids. <laughs> this is like this is something else, right? It looks a little darker from the, from the promotional imagery that they put out on the internet. Um, this looks like, you know, not we're not happy to see these mermaids yeah that's right the mermaids are predators and they what we've learned through the series because we're up to episode uh eight this week of 10 episodes so it's getting towards the end of the first season and yeah we've discovered that the mermaids are predators and they have come started coming to shore because their food source is being depleted and you know uh, that's probably from environmental problems and, you know, all the, all the, you know, awful things that are happening in the ocean. So it, it's taking a bit of a ecological, environmental, social conscience as well, which is really interesting for the show. But, yeah, it's the design of the mermaids and the fact that they're not these Disney kind of princess mermaids that we've seen in the past is really cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's interesting. Definitely. It's got to be a fun show well, to be a lot. part of, right? It's been a lot of fun, yeah. I I mean, it was a lot of fun to film, and this week's episode was actually directed by Amanda Tapping, who's an incredible actress herself from Stargate and all sorts of shows, and now she's doing so well as a director, and we had a blast working with her. The whole cast on it are just an awesome group of people, a lot of international actors. Now, I'm obviously Australian. There's some Brits in the cast. Um, a Kiwi actress as well, so it's it's very international and everybody gets wow. on really well. And yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. And we're yet to get the official word on whether we have a season two. So that will certainly be exciting when we find out. I would think it's going to happen. It's uh, Mike <laughs> from uh, Pop Culture Review. Uh, I, I was uh, tweeting with you earlier today about how you're just kind of having a moment on TV. 
Uh, I'm the resident Magicians fan from the group. Uh, loved the Victoria arc that finished earlier this year. Uh, now you're doing Siren, you're doing Colony, and in a couple weeks you're going to be doing Reverie. You're going to be in the pilot of Reverie. And uh, I know a lot of people on this line in particular are interested in the show. Is there anything you could tell us about the show? You know, why should, you know, it's pretty anticipated by us, but, you know, uh, why we should be excited about it, your role, did, you know, what was your experience with the show? Reverie was a really cool experience for me. Um, I we, we filmed it about a year ago, and it was my first time working with Mickey Fisher, who is one of the creators, and he made a show called Extant a few years ago with Halle Berry in it. And Reverie is a really cool premise. It stars Sarah Shahi, who she's absolutely brilliant. Uh, she was in the L Word, I think, for years, and then Person of Interest and... I mean, she's done, there was a law show she shot as well that the name evades me, but she's done tons of stuff and she's awesome. And basically the concept of Reverie, it's a series coming to NBC, is that it's about a virtual reality program that is invented where people can go into these personally designed virtual realities of their own life that they wish they could live and uh, as you can imagine, it's quite addictive for someone to be in that kind of world. So there's a problem where people are starting to get stuck in their own reveries, essentially, in their own virtual reality world. And Sarah Shahi plays a character called Mara Kent, who is basically recruited by this organization to go into people's virtual realities and essentially rescue them. So it's pretty cool. Like the it's the virtual reality world was super fun to film because it's all these very surreal environments, you know, because if you could design your own virtual reality world, everything would be bright colors and, you know, magical probably and just things that we can't necessarily do in the real world. So lots of really interesting design, beautiful moments. And I play a character that's part of this virtual reality world that we see in the uh, pilot. So it was a really, really cool experience, great team. And, yeah, I'm really excited to hear what people think of it. Yeah, we're definitely excited yeah. about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be the summer show of well, – I think it's going to be the show of the summer. So, uh, I really hope so. I mean, when you're a part of a show early like that, like the pilot episode, you know, I mean, I just caught up with Mickey Fisher, the creator, when I was in L.A., and, and you really feel like they're – you know, you kind of become a little bit of a family, even though my character doesn't go on into the season. You, you're really rooting for the team on it, you know. So I, I really hope uh, it does find a great audience and that people love it because I certainly thought it was very promising. Well, we feel good about it. So I think, it, <laughs> I think it'll be a success. It looks really good. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. I need to screen it. I've had access to it for a while, and I just have not gotten to it. I need to. Tomorrow, I think. Yeah, right. Well, well, when you do, let me know what you think. I absolutely will. All right, I I have two things. I have two things for you. One is personal. One, I'm going to come back to Colony. Uh, The personal one's pretty easy. Um, I was excited to talk to you because I knew you were Australian, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear this accent because, you know, I know you turn (laughs) on the American accent when, um, when you're on some of these shows. Um, but I feel like your accent is very sweet. It's very light. Are you being nice to us and holding back a little bit, or is is this the real Hannah? No, this is the real Hannah. 
Hannah. I, I've, I mean, my parents are Kiwis, they're New Zealanders, and then I've lived in North America for quite a few years now. So I think my, if I ever had a more harsh Aussie accent, I think it's kind of taken a bit of a beating. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's you have to work at the American accent, you know, consistently. I mean, most Australian act, most foreign actors do, so it's natural that your own accent's probably gonna, you know, take a hit. Well, you do well with the American accent because I did not know until I was really getting to your bio. And I'm like, oh, man, she's Australian. I had no idea. Uh, back to my <laughs> colony. Back to my colony question. So I, uh, as well as doing this so many show stuff, uh, three years ago, I started the Proxy Snyder Twitter account as a fan account of the show. <laughs> to be silly. Um, so that's me there on Twitter. Um, and so now knowing that, that, that means obviously I am very anti Broussard. And when Wendy was talking to you about Broussard, you were very nice about him and you said these nice things and blah, blah, blah. I want you to know you can say whatever you want about Tori Kittles because he and I have had a feud now for three years. So if there's anything bad you want to say about him, feel free. Just go ahead. You know, like he's a jerk. He's not, he's not nice to anybody. He steals lollipops from children. Anything you want, it, it's free range. I promise I won't tell him you said anything. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I had a story for you. But, I mean, he does have that drawer of candy. I don't know where he got that. He may have been thieving some of it from some child along I the way. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I had a great experience with him. And um, wh- why don't you like the character? You just don't trust him? Um. Well, I mean, the honest answer is, is I love Tori Kittles. Um, and I respect the Broussard character, but I chose early on that I would be a collaborator. And if I were in this world, I would need to be a proxy because I would need the cool suits and I would need the cool house and I would need all that power. And I'd love to send people to the factory. So I had to be <laughs> anti I, I didn't really have a choice. Oh, man. But, I, I think Broussard's a great character. I think they're all really cool characters. I love... Snyder I think he's so great and when you meet him like because I'd watched a little bit of the show before I met him and he was in the trailer when I first walked in and I couldn't believe it was him I was like oh my god you just seem like such a normal cool dude whereas like you know Snyder especially in the first season he's so like kind of pompous and always in suits and now he's like a lot more rugged not you know um northern exposure looking which I love (laughs) (laughs) right that's awesome. Well, hey, listen, we really, really appreciate your time. We're glad we got to see you on Colony tonight. We'll look forward to Siren tomorrow. And then, of course, Reverie in, what, like two and a half weeks, I think? Um, so yeah, thanks so much for absolutely. your time. Yeah, um, My pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for watching Colony. And um, keep tuning in to the rest of the season. It's going to be awesome. We will. Oh, we thanks will. So much, Definitely. Thank You're you awesome. so much. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have to have you back when Reverie gets going. Yes, right. yes, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good night. Night, Bye. Hannah. Thank Good you night. very much. Well, she was awesome. The same Broussard killed her. That's uh, too bad. And you still couldn't you still couldn't get any Broussard dirt out of her. Yeah. No, no. I, I tried really, really hard. You too. did. You you, you did quite Damn the it. setup, but nope. <laughs> I think there's something though about that drawer of candy though. I think she's definitely yeah. 
Yeah. I think well, he, I guess was, he, was, he was stimulated via nefarious means, for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, Tori. I didn't really mean it. All right, maybe I meant it a little bit. Just, you know, a little bit. I, I can't help it. Uh, all right, so some things to chat about. And uh, if you want to call in and share some of your thoughts on the episode, feel free. 323-843-6147. Um, we've got, I don't know, uh, almost half an hour left of the show. But I want to talk about the big reveal very early on in the show. And that is the factory is gone. Absolutely blew my mind hearing this. Uh, I just cannot believe it. So I'm interested in what you guys think. What does this mean going forward? What was your reaction? Uh, You know, the whole thing. Because we've talked about the factory for three years now. And if you're like me, you wanted to learn more about the factory. And now it's just gone. So, Pete, let me hear from you first. What, What are your thoughts on this factory no longer existing? I was more sad than mad because, I mean, I I wanted to know the story of the factory. And, you know, I felt like it was going to be a big part of, you know, maybe the side story, so to speak. So I was really looking forward to finding more about the factory because that I, I thought that was going to take us to the sci-fi level that, you know, we didn't think it was going to go to. But it's gone. And we lost a lot of good people. I mean, Carlos, you know, we barely knew you. And... The only thing I noticed about that, and I thought about it, was <laughs> if you listen to the Daily Reviews podcast with the Handmaidens this week, they talk about how they just kind of took season one stuff and said, hey, you know, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter, and now they're going to come in and, and give you new stuff, which is kind of what I started with when I said moving forward. So I feel like this was the best way to nip the factory in the bud so they can open up a new a new story and not have to worry about, you know, because we've been asking what the factory is for how many seasons sure. now. Even during the right. off season, so they were just tied up right. us complaining and asking questions, and said, "Here, it's gone. Now you can't ask no more questions <laughs> about it." Yeah, so that's my thought. Oh gosh, well, Pete, I'm going to hold on a little bit of hope that maybe the occupants of the factory were evacuated. I want to hope that maybe some of our old pals, like Carlos, maybe will show up again, and uh, maybe he'll talk. Maybe he'll tell us like what were they making and what's going on and. You know, does it have anything to do with those pods that were going back and forth? I'm super curious. Hmm. Well, I don't. Wendy, what I'm do you sorry, think? Caroline. I don't think so. I think that it's done. It's over. As a matter of fact, I believe um, that uh, Helena asked if there were any survivors, and the woman said no. But um, what I will say is, we did get a lot of. Uh, answers to what was going on i mean they there was a lot of conversation about how you know the force field or the the the, i forget exactly what they call it a security force um was now not able to be done because the factory wasn't there um and they needed it to build what you know whatever they needed so like everyone else i was shocked that it was gone and with the total rendition, right, they put everybody in L.A. into the factory. I'm wondering, does that include Hudson? You know, that wasn't answered. Um, I'm not really sad Nolan's dead, but I, I am a little sad that Maddie's gone. Um, but I think that my question would be now with what that other woman was saying about Seattle, 
Helena was offering more workers, but where are they going to work? Because the factory is now gone. So there must be another place. So where is that other place? Is that Seattle? Is it Mars? Is it Atlantis? I don't know. So I'm excited to see. Oh, I'm not excited, but I'm interested to see where these workers are now working and what are they building if the factory, which was huge and, you know, held hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people, where else is that happening? Broussard's basement. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Paul, what do you think? Paul. Well, I have a couple thoughts. Um, Usually on shows like this, I need the the dead bodies in order to believe that they're actually gone. But this show, with the exception of Bob, maybe um, everyone that they say is dead is dead. Like I'm I, so, you know, with with think, combining things like uh, Adrian Pazdar, the guy that plays Nolan, having a pretty big role in Marvel Agents of Shield, like right now, I gotta imagine that. He's actually gone because he wouldn't he wouldn't have time to act in both things. That's my just mm. guess. I might be totally totally way off on that. And then the other thing was just like a production kind of idea. If they moved to Vancouver to save money and they can shoot out in the woods, um, then the this the factory would would pose like a they would need a, a whole soundstage just for that, you know. Uh, that they would be renting for several weeks or however many long. And so I could totally see where that just didn't fit the, the budget. So they had to cut it out. It happens all the time in, oh. in, in special effects driven TV shows, you know? Mm. I still miss the factory. I got no one to yeah. sit in there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you have to remove that from your arsenal. No more factory. No, damn it. Well, here they yeah. have other shitty things like landfills or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never ending train rides. My response yeah. was kind of like, kind of like some of you were alluding to that people I thought that may have ended up at the factory or that were still, you know, we haven't seen a body. We're still wondering, you know, well, like Jennifer, for instance, well, I guess she must really be gone now. Like I'm losing hope now that the factory's gone. I'm losing hope of, you know, seeing any of these other people that are supposedly gone, but you're still kind of thinking they might be around. Um, But along the lines of that too, with this question, are we to, I just want to clarify, are we to assume that everyone, like, do we think that Maddie did go to the factory? Um, Because they were talking tonight about, um, a lot of the greatest day people being in this other San Bernardino, was that the block? Um, or was it a different one? I can't remember. But were they actually moved out with the rendition or were they destroyed or taken to the factory? Do we? I don't, I don't do think we, we really know. Okay. All right. I didn't know That's if I had missed question. I didn't know if I'd missed something, but because, yeah, you know, a lot of times I, you know, the assumption was, oh, they, they're here or there. They went to the factory. They're gone. But, okay, so we still don't necessarily have all those answers. Um, so maybe I don't have to give up hope completely. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, for the last year, mm-hmm. I've been tweeting about how Tori is in the factory. And <laughs> and now it's gone. <laughs> now it's gone. It's gone, and he's here. So, well, cancel that. Dang it. 
Thanks so much, Ryan Condal and How'd that Carl work out for you, Jerry? West oh, Took. Boy. You, West you took. jerks. I mean, <laughs> you know, and and then and so in a couple of weeks too, when when uh, I decide that I need to start pushing for a renewal in season four, I can't even threaten to send you know the NBC Universal execs to the factory anymore because you done destroyed it. It's gone. They knew. I think you, you're going to learn that your campaign of sending people to the factory while waiting for a season date probably had more to do with the factory being destroyed in story than any other contributing factor. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it was over capacity. Some, some yeah. network note came down to Ryan, destroy the effing factory. I can't be the yeah. guy it, on Twitter it, anymore. That could be very yeah. true. Damn it. Jay, now you no. can threaten him with the tunnel. You can threaten him with the tunnel. That's right. No, that's that's not the same. That's just not, that's not the same. <laughs> hey, like say, that to, say that to Claire and Owen. Them. I no, mean, that is They have those capacity signs for a reason, Proxy. You can only have so many people in a place, right? Capacity, <laughs> oh, max capacity. God. Right. He broke the, the new factory. aliens are actually like the he broke the factory. <laughs> oh, man. Now you can send people to other blocks so that they haven't talked about, like, the Newark block. And, like, right. You know, like the Detroit block. Can you imagine what the Elizabethtown block must be like? Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Damn it. I needed that factory. This really sucks. And, you know, I, I actually, I seriously rewound that, that you know, 45-second part probably – three different times to make sure that I heard it correct, that the uh, factory was indeed gone. We did Damn that, too. Yeah, I mean, this has been a tough I, episode I, for you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Damn it. I should have skipped this one. Jeez. <laughs> <sighs> I'll try right, to understand huh? if, if they were, like, backing up the timeline at all a little bit and just, are they suggesting, like, the ship that we saw last week was part of that attack? Or are they just not related and we're just getting attacked all the time and this is just the first time we saw it? Yeah, good question. I could be any of the above. Could be any of the above. But I feel like, I mean, the little that we know, I feel like we're maybe getting attacked all the time. I don't don't know. Whatever it is, it's not good. I don't know. Mike, what do you think about the factory? I I think it goes hand in hand with the attack on the Raps last week. You know, there's something else given them trouble besides the resistance and a lot more trouble than what the resistance is giving them. And I think, mm-hmm. I think the factory being destroyed together with the ship crashing last week, I think, I think these are all little Easter eggs or, you know, little clues that are going to become more and more prevalent, you know, as, you know, as, as tightening their grip on the blocks with their rendition and doing whatever bio weapon thing they're going to be doing in the repopulated blocks, you know, they're closing the fist with their left hand and their right hand is slipping, you know, it's slipping through their fingers. Uh, I feel like that's the, the portrait they're painting, which is going to leave, you know, the the proxies and, you know, all the collaborators at some point right. going to leave them in the lurch of having backed the wrong horse. You know, you you betrayed your own horse, and now those guys are losing. You know, who are you going to uh-huh. collaborate with now? So I think, yep. yeah, I think, I think it's going to set up a really interesting dramatic arc where, you know, humans, I, I have a feeling we're going to see humans being more unified across the lines by the end of the season uh, 
than that maybe we would have guessed before the season began. That's 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 kind of what I'm thinking right now. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, there could be a I, lot more people talk, that just want to be proxies. Can we talk about the the chinks in the resistance armor? You know, when they finally make their way through the forest moon of Endor and they get to the the base and the whole guy like, want to show the gauntlet and no, you broke ranks and you don't get mm-hmm. to talk to them like. There's a whole power struggle going on on the resistance side. That's yeah, that's yeah. why the plot thickens. You know, he's like political over there too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I, it's yeah, it's going to be much more cat fighty, I think, than even the the collaborator side. So I don't know. That's why I meant by plot thickens. I, I, I'm really into I'm really into that whole storyline. I want to see more mm-hmm. of that. So. I'm with you. Did sure. you guys see Rue's tweet? She asked, uh, "Any thoughts on who the him was at the camp?" I like what other people were answering her, that they were saying that they thought maybe Wayne Brady was the him. I like that thought completely. Ooh. Oh, I like that. Was that was my guess. Uh, I didn't even think that. That was my guess, that. but I thought he couldn't see them, though, because he was singing. And that was the real reason. <laughs> it's hard uh, to buy Wayne Brady. He was trying to sing a song. <laughs> oh, good old Wayne Brady. Whose colony well, is I it anyway? I have a question. Can I ask my question? Yes, feel free. Um, those guys said that um, he goes, when they were talking about the raps. He said we call them clicks. Now, when he was talking about that, was he talking about the um, the raps being or the raps known as clicks, or was that the name that they used for the other aliens, the new ones? I think the originals. I think. I think, yeah. I think the raps are now going to be the clicks. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it. Uh, that's what so, that group calls them. You know, the yeah, yeah. whatever like the call going to. We're going to be calling like, them the clicks. Well, some are, some are. Yeah, exactly. I've been on The Walking Dead for years where they all had their names, you know, for the walkers. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Now we need somebody to come up with uh, what click stands for, you know, like rap was random alien people. That means click must stand for something. So get on that. I bet they click. I I mean, I mean, if you stand next to the host and they talk, they click. (laughs) I, I bet that's what it is. I bet they just audibly click. That's how they communicate in their language. That's a good theory. Good theory, Paul. Do you remember when when Proxy met them for the first time and he had to wear the earmuffs because they had such a high pitch? They had such a high pitch sound. Are we saying the hosts are really locusts and they come every 17 years? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> I feel like that's what we're getting to right now. Oh, I guess anything is possible. I guess anything is possible. All right, so we're we're coming up to the end. So let me hear what some of your favorite moments from this episode were. Um, and, Paul, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, since this one didn't have anything really getting blown up or any wild <laughs> sex or anything like that, uh, I liked some of the little character bits. Uh, um, particularly, I like the introduction. Right. Yeah. Well, you know. I, we all do. Uh, I like I liked the introduction of Broussard, especially when he was looting all of the places for his various um, supplies, like going to the little girl's room and getting his glue sticks or whatever it was he was picking up from there. <laughs> and then uh, also, I always keep an eye on Charlie, even though he has just a couple of lines in every episode. Um, this week, 
when he was being taught how to lie by Proxy Snyder, he, he, he <laughs> gave just the bare minimum required answers and like no more, no high fives, nothing that would indicate that he was playing along with anything else. And Charlie's just calm, cool. Like I wish I acted like Charlie in real life. Demeanor uh, <laughs> is really enjoyable to watch every week. Hashtag Charlie Gold. Yeah. Or Charles, as Snyder called him. <laughs> I want him to start on brand like Broham. <laughs> That's in season four. Mike, what you got? I like the Broussard too, actually. Uh, I always struck because I'm really not a Broussard. I don't like him. I don't like his whole sanctimonious attitude. I really turns you off. That being said, I, I think Tori Kills is a really good actor. I like shows that just are silent and you just see someone act, you know, for, you know, for large minutes at a time. I love the entire opening of the episode. I don't trust Dispatch. I found her kind of shady, and I don't know why. Something, like, there was, like, hair in the back that was standing up. Uh, so I really liked her whole introduction, especially with her whole flirty, flirty thing over the radio before showing up. Uh, and, you know, Snyder and Snyder's, you know, comedy bits. I, I want to go see him do stand-up. Uh, <laughs> I, think I, get over the block. I think I think he would kill with his dad jokes. I think that would be fantastic. So, yeah. Oh, man. The things we like about this show. Wendy, what you got? Uh, well, I mean, nobody will be surprised to hear that I was very excited to see Broussard back. And um, I just... He's he. I just love the way that Tori Kittles plays this character. I think he does a fabulous job on it. And uh, again, Broussard's stuff. You know, he's going to take ownership of the loss of the mother and child, even though it isn't his fault. He's going to own it. And it's really interesting to watch him learn to trust this new person, who I don't trust either. Um, so I'm interested in watching his whole story go through. But one thing that really tickled me this um, episode was Proxy Snyder and his, oh, God, he was so funny. I swear when I saw the screener and he said that Captain Crunch comment, I must have laughed for 10 minutes. It totally cracked me up. I couldn't wait to make something from that. And, you know, his little one-liners, you know, if all else fails, um, selective mutism. Oh, tough crowd. He had a lot of good one-liners, and um, and his his snide comments to you know to to uh, Will, you know, Will, will you tell your son that we shouldn't be on this train, you know? And uh, so, I I I actually enjoyed Proxy Snyder this week too. I enjoyed watching him because I can see in his head he's really worried about. He wants them to drop the gauntlet. So he can drop that button and get out of there. I don't think he wants to be there when uh, the gauntlet's there. He wants to just disappear into the woods with the Bowmans and be safe. And it's frustrating to him that it's not happening. And I yeah. love Charlie, too. Charlie's my dude. I love Charlie, yeah. And I the orange. Charlie okay, so and Broussard. definitely... Hold on, Wendy. My favorite by far has got to be Wendy complimenting Proxy. This is my favorite part of the whole night. <laughs> right. <laughs> the <best part>. right. <laughs> well, I give Proxy a really hard time, 
but I adore no. Peter Jacobson. I do love Peter Jacobson. Uh, Proxy, not so much, but um, Pete, yeah, I like him. So, and I would love to see the awesome team of Broussard and Charlie. Like they will, like they would just save the entire world. That's it. Those two alone <laughs> could take care of all of the refs. That's all. I think that would be a lovely compromise of our sides, Wendy. We we would be willing to to give you a a Charlie a, with a Broussard combination. That seems like fair square trade. We like that. They could combine yeah. to the super team. Um, okay, so That's, definitely my favorite moment was Wendy right then, but I did have a favorite uh-huh. moment earlier. Um, I'm always a super fan, and I know Pete listens to our podcast, so he can tell you. We, like, research this stuff and really pay attention to what they're talking about. So when Broussard was explaining, even just in, like, a two- or three-sentence thing about the Berlin Wall fall and yeah. the, the real-life history of the puzzle women and putting that together shredded documents, um, that was fascinating, and I absolutely went back and read up about that and, you know, all the stories of families who, um, you know, kids were taken from their parents or they never saw their parents again, and then they were volunteering to be some of the people to try to tape together those documents to try to figure out where their family members were. I mean, that's fascinating. So I, I love it when Colony brings in real-life history that you can go back and, and really delve into, and the whole idea of him being a puzzle man and sitting there so patiently trying to piece it together was that's some excellent sleuthing there on Broussard's part. So look at that, Wendy. I can compliment Broussard, too. Look at us. <laughs> look at us. We share. It's caring. We do it. Yep. <laughs> that Trace, scene with the, the, well, the, the puzzle, um, the, the shredding, it reminded me, it, it made me think of Argo, the movie Argo um, with Ben Affleck. When anybody else watch that? No. The Iran hostage crisis. Well, anyways, they were doing the, the the Iranians were doing that to try to figure out who the people were um, that were trying to leave the country. So um, that made me think of that his, historically too. Um, but as far one of my favorite things um, tonight was if you go back to when Snyder was telling um, Gracie, you know, don't say it like a question say it like you believe it and then when she did come her turn to say who he was and and make it believable she said you know she mentioned that part he talks a lot and first of all it made me laugh but that was her believing it you know she described him as she knew him and that's what stands out to her he talks a lot (laughs) and um but but she played it off she made it believable that way but um i thought that was pretty funny and then um along with broussard broussard it was just it was good for me it was fun or interesting to see him connecting with people tonight you know we have seen him as such a loner and hesitant to have relationships and things but he you saw some connection with the mom and son you know trying to help them and you saw this little bit of connection with dispatch you know whether he's going to get burned by you know some of that who knows but um it was a, a something different to see from him and i like that so tracy can i ask you a question in that sure. moment where where um, that moment where Gracie says that about Broussard, and I already forgotten the guy's name who was asking the question, but he stood there for a minute and just really very deeply stared at uh, not Broussard uh, at Snyder. Snyder, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, he knows, he recognizes him, but he never oh. let on. He was just like, oh, okay. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, shoot, maybe he knows who that is. 
I had the oh. I had the same yeah. thought. He gave him a look a what? little too long with a little too much right? of a smirk. Right. Yeah. yeah. That part definitely made me nervous for sure. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's a spy for the collaborators, the reps. Or the clicks. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Okay. Could be. So um I I like to give um Proxy Snyder and anybody affiliated with him a hard time on a regular basis. I mean, I don't give up. I don't take breaks. But funny is funny. And watching the episode today, he might have had the funniest line I've ever heard in Colony ever because it's not really a, a show that's known for his comedy. But when he said, do I look like Captain Crunch? I yes. almost spit my water out of my nose. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was just like, I was just like, wow. Like, that was good stuff. You can't make that stuff up. So that's about it for me. That was that only episode. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Well, yeah. I mean, how do you how do you not like that? Uh, for me, um, I just have a, a few things that stuck out for me uh, right from the get go. How about Helena's bedroom? Her like plush little <laughs> palace with the cool stuff in the background out the, the window. View. Yeah, the view. Right. <laughs> like, I need to I need to move in there. Dang. Um, I also hey, love. Hey, what uh, was her code yeah. name? What, what was, was what? Her name? What was her code name? It was like Skyhawk or Skylark. Something like that. Skylark. 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 Does anyone know what that means? Anyone? You do the research, Dailies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know That's what? The I'm really supposed to know this. Yeah. I'm delegating right now, Pete. <laughs> the, the Skylark is a pretty shitty Buick. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> right. Oh man. Oh, you know, Jay. Boy. Though she was yeah. um that you brought up, Allie uh, Walker. It was awesome to see her. But boy, yes. she sinks fast on her feet, huh, Helena? Yeah. She's, yeah. she's totally like listening to everything that happens, and right away is like, "Hey, how can I help? What can we do?" She's oh, preventing yeah. her 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 yep. position wherever she is. Job no joke. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No joke. Uh, the other thing, how about uh, Broussard's meal choices? That looked uh, super yummy, right? Terrible. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Uh, um, oh, hold on. Let me Was change this. Cause the, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what the... Heck, it was because um, it looked like a sardine can, but like beans in it yeah. or something. I, Spam or something? I, or, I yeah, I have no Whatever idea. Whatever it was gross. Uh, but going but, into his... But it didn't, what? it didn't hurt his physique at all because that oh, sit-up sequence was... Yeah. It was working for him, yeah. Who, yeah, who let yeah these, that was a lot of protein people there. On the air? Jesus Christ. <laughs> a lot of protein there. All right, can you zip it? It's my turn to talk. God bless Go. America. I was actually going to say something nice about Broussard, and now I don't want to anymore. Everybody uh, hush. <laughs> going into his food choices, uh, one of the glaring things or impressive things for me in this episode uh, is Broussard's dedication. Uh, he's there on his own. He is making it work. He's doing everything that he needs to do uh, to make a success of where he is and what he's trying to do. Uh, I think it was Caroline that mentioned, you know, how he's putting the shreds of paper back together to learn more. Um, he is definitely dedicated to his craft and to that resistant F- resistance effort. And so I give Broussard a ton of credit 
um, for everything that he's really putting himself through to somehow maybe at the end of the day, somehow make things better. Hashtag uh, so brilliant pretty big. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and then the third and final thing is I loved at the end how uh, Snyder shoots Broussard and um, that death scene was amazing. Oh, brother. Uh, I really uh, loved seeing that. And, uh, you, know, they, uh, you know, behind the scenes, they really shot Tori Kittle three times. <laughs> they had to do it actually in different takes. He was in the hospital, like, hospital for like three weeks. Fake news. <laughs> uh, totally messy. You know. Totally messy, yeah. Yeah, you know, what can I say? But yeah, well, hey, who good episode. Well, who could get shot three times and still be fine? He'd be like, all right, give me a little rest. I'm good. Let's go. Because all those pull-ups you doing. You know, you know what I'm going to do? Let me, let me tell you what I'm going to do for Colony Radio next week. Okay. What? So uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like to talk about politics at all, but in our American world of politics, it always cracks me up how candidates against one another will pull audio clips from previous years of how people have changed their position. And I swear to God, next week, I'm going to pull every single audio clip that I have of Wendy saying, I love Proxy Snyder. And I'm going to play every last one of them next week. Every single one. Sounds like a good show. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be even the ones where even the ones where she messes up and says, I love Proctor Snyder and then has to correct herself. Those are out there, too. Yes, they are. They are. Well, I was thinking it in the beginning, but I just fell. What's that, Kara? I said that's that's when he's giving a test. He's Proctor Snyder. This is just (laughs) proxy when he's at work. He has a side gig. He's a side hustle kind of guy. He's over at the DMV giving giving proctoring tests. (laughs) Yeah. He's giving shots. Ridiculous. Anyway, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, an amazing episode of Colony Tonight. Thank you, USA Network, and everybody behind that show. You guys are awesome. Uh, Hannah Levine, thank you so much for joining us. You were spectacular to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely have to come back around when uh, Reverie hits the air. Uh, tomorrow night on TV Talk is uh, myself, Heidi, and Pete. And then Friday, of course, is Fireball Friday, um, which is always destined to be. Who the heck knows what? Um, let's Glorious. see. Glorious. Right. Glorious. Uh, Mike, Pete, Tracy, Paul, Caroline, even Wendy, thank you so much for your time tonight. You guys are awesome as well. I love you all. And on that note, we are out of here. We'll see you next week for our Colony Radio. Everyone, say goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.